Good evening, Vancouver. Now, welcome back to Canucks After Dark, the big draft week. This is the start of the offseason. We got draft, we got free agency all coming up, and we've just got a bunch of good, uh, bunch of good content coming up here. And as always, joined by my co-host Canuck Clay. How are you doing tonight, Clay? Parker, I'm great. I'm back home in my familiar surroundings. I'm not in hushed tones in a Swedish hotel room. But yes, I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be back for this big show that we have a lot. In fact, I think we actually have Canucks content to talk about for the whole show for once. This is this is going to be awesome tonight. Yeah, it's it's too much because you're <laughs> only here for 50 minutes. Five uh, zero, which means, yes. which means I basically am. Uh, I'm gonna have ten minutes on my own talking about prospects that I don't know enough about yet because my draft show is tomorrow, where I'm gonna do all the research before that. Uh, I could have done it before this show, but I didn't. I was lazy. Yeah, um, busy guy. So uh, I don't think we have too much time to mess around here. I think we've got because over the last week we had uh, a bunch of contracts signed. We had coaching changes. We had. Uh, JT Miller trending on Twitter every single day of the week. Um, and then, oh, by the way, there's the NHL draft in two days. Yeah. Uh, we got so much to cover. Um, so uh, I guess uh, before we get started, anything you want to mention, say before we dive in? Yeah. Well, I think um, I, as some people have caught on and they see it in the chat. Parker and I have today enabled memberships on this channel and uh we're starting small like any good thing does we're starting small i believe parker what do we set it at a good Wayne Gretzky? it's the yeah. cheapest we were allowed to do it because honestly we want you guys to just have the little labels and put emojis in the chat um it, there's a way to i don't know exactly how to do it but there's a way to also and open yourself up to be gifted these memberships as well i'm probably going to gift a bunch once clay leaves leaves <laughs> so figure out how to do that if you don't want to pay for it i'll pay for it for some of you um, cause honestly, I, I feel like we're going into this big portion of the, of the off season and let's just get things kicked off right and have, uh, and just everyone gets a little badge next to their name and it's fun. It is. And Parker, just so you know, I tried this on, uh, and we'll get to our topics. I tried this on my stream. Once you or another member gift memberships, which is awesome. It's actually random. So you don't get to choose who gets it. No one gets to choose. YouTube just spits it out based yeah. on their interaction with our channel. So that's another reason why you should leave comments, leave likes, and do all that cool stuff. All right. Let's uh, let's get to it, shall we? Uh, someone asked me to turn my mic up, so I did. I hope that's loud enough. Uh, if it's still not loud enough, to let me know, and I will turn it up even more because uh, I think I have the ability to do that, uh, but we'll find out. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, everyone, Rob says your sounds way louder than mine. Uh, let's see, so if, time, let's yeah. see if I can actually don't have an option to fix it unless I do this. I bet that's better. Uh, all right. Let's hope that worked. Uh, and let's talk about Brock Besser. We're going to start off on the contract side, coach's side. Then we'll do sort of the last half of the show on the draft. Uh, take your questions, all that good stuff. Um, and we'll shout out all you new members, uh, at the very end of the show. Thank you all for yes. joining in. Uh, so quickly here. So let's start off. This was what last Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday. It had to have been Thursday because I wasn't home because I didn't make a video on it. Um, Brock Besser. I missed out on thousands of views. Clay. Uh, I know. You'll, <laughs> you'll make it up tomorrow. You'll make it up on um, Thursday. Brock Besser re-signed three years, $6.65 million. We knew that $7.5 million QO qualifying offer was sort of looming over the Canucks heads. And it's something that we talked about as well, you can just give them more money guaranteed over some span of time 
to maybe entice him. This deal drops. First thoughts on your part. Obviously, it's been like four or five days, but what were your first thoughts when this dropped? When I first uh, heard it, Parker, I thought it was a win-win for sure and more of a win for the Canucks as opposed to Besser because for the Canucks, you lock up a t not only top six, you could argue a top line forward, three years, cost-controlled, 6.65, less than the 7.5. So for all those reasons, I think it's a good, you avoid arbitration. It could get messy. It might not, but whatever. You avoid all that. So I think it was really good for the Canucks. Really good. For Besser, I think it was good. I don't think it was great. He gets security. He doesn't have to worry about an acrimonious arbitration or whatever. But he also, you could argue, some would say he left money on the table. Others, actually, I've talked to Parker, say he's lucky he got that much because he hasn't performed well. I, I think that's a little bit harsh. So I think it's great for the Canucks, and I think it's good for Brock. That was my first reaction. Yeah, it's one of those ones where it's really tough for either side to really lose out here. Um, it's only three years, so if Besser does go back to... I mean, we talk about rookie Besser quite often, but yeah. you know, the last couple of years, he hasn't been that elite level. Um, but if he goes, if we were to go back to that form for the next three years and put up 35, 40 goals a year, then he'll get paid after, right? He'll do just fine. Um, and if he falls off a bit, and maybe he's only scoring 20 goals and you know 30 assists, like 50 points... The Canucks will still be okay with him making that amount of money, and then that next contract might be a little bit cheaper in that case anyways. I, I think it's a really good middle ground. It's mm -hmm. pretty low risk. The only real risk for the Canucks is Brock Besser two seasons from now putting up 100 points and then getting paid $10 million a year. Um, right. But, I mean, again, that's something we can hope happens then, and then we'll see, you know, we'll see when we get there. Yeah, and by the way, thanks for all the new members. I know people were joining, becoming members even before you and I started the show. So, yes, you Parker will shout all you guys out at the very end. And we did ha see a donation as well from Lucas for $2. So thank you, Lucas, for your support as always. Okay, so another thing about Brock, um, Parker, the um, with him, he had his three-year entry level. He just came off a three-year, whatever, bridge or short term. But it's interesting, his first year of his uh, because he only played whatever five or six games it actually doesn't count as a quote contract year so with this three-year deal it actually um was only one year of ufa buys not two i thought it would be two but technically um two of these next three years are still rfa years and only one of them's a ufa year that's kind of important to know just because you're buying one less year of ufa mm -hmm. than than two so that, that's something that they'll worry about three years from now when they renegotiate a new contract but all to say um, I think it's great. I, I'm sure it's great for Brock. Uh, this whole fan base loves him. They know what he's gone through with the death of his father in the, about a month ago. So uh, everyone's rooting for him. And now he doesn't have to worry about contracts for at least another three seasons. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's just it's just good. It's a deal that no, there like I said, there's no real downside. Um, like yeah, if it, if it had been like a six year deal, that number probably goes up a little bit yeah, probably not a ton yeah. right but probably a, a little bit and you know brock's betting on himself a little bit here uh only mm -hmm. taking three years instead of six and again yeah. they avoid that arbitration which can always be a little a little scary so yeah um do you yeah. consider him a if we agree that demko Pedersen, and hughes one of each position forward goalie and defenseman would you can if you consider those three as the core do you consider Besser a core player parker or do you say he's a great great complimentary player I think he's sort of on the fringe. I, I think yeah. a little more on the. I, I think when he when he first broke into the league, we were very happy to say he's a core piece. Uh, and if he had sort of continued that trajectory, then he would be. Um, however, I think he has every chance 
to become a core piece this year, right? Um, he talked about being able to just focus on hockey now and and being mm-hmm. fully healthy and and all the these things. And if all that comes to fruition, we're we're talking about a, a core player here, um, unless things go poorly. And then he's a, a solid supplementary piece. It really it really sort of hinges on this next season in my mind. Yeah, a lot and a lot of people. If we want to quickly talk about uh, Brock's game too, we know his offensive ability. I'd love to him for him to get a shot off a little bit quicker, but who am I to say? He's not the best skater, but he works hard for sure. Uh, he doesn't look the fast guy out there. Not bad on the boards. Defensively, probably underrated because a lot of people say he's actually a better two way player. But I've always said this, Parker. I know you and I joked around this. He's a bad passer, and uh, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh here, but he passes the puck as hard as he shoots like it, it just a rocket so i think if he could get a bit better with his passing i think it would it would kind of flesh out his round out his overall offensive game at least that's one thing i'd like to see it's easy for me to say that but it's one thing i noticed for sure i think the, the i think the rest of the guys got to be ready for those passes get your <laughs> stick get your stick firm on the ice tight grip they always say grip your stick as hard as you can when you're playing hockey and uh no yeah, I, yeah you're you're right um that is an area for him to work on but a lot of it is just you know he's smart enough to be in the right place you know he's not the yeah. fastest skater he's not yep. the best passer but he's a pretty smart player to know where to be and know where to get a shot off and how to get a shot off. He's just, you know, the last couple of years haven't been his best, um, but he has all the tools, right? I mean, yes. you know, he has all that really matters. If you're a, if you're a good goal scorer, being in the right spot, being able to receive a pass basically and, and get a good shot off, you know, he's going to, he's going to capitalize um, a fair amount. And I do love what you said about, um, about uh, his uh, hockey IQ, because I think that's one thing that's, underrated as well is just how smart he is and just how um he makes really good decisions especially in the offensive zone so yeah I, he's young he's only what is he 20 it's gotta be 20 i think he's 97 so i think he's 25 okay okay oh yeah uh, it's good you tip yeah. so fast he know? is 25 yeah. awesome when's his birthday uh feb 25 okay perfect, so perfect. He's, he's a little older than me so overall what would you give this uh yeah a little bit older he's a lot younger than me uh what would you give this deal that's a it's a seven and a half eight it's it's perfectly so B, good yeah B, B plus okay yeah if if they had locked him up for you know six years at five million bucks that's the <laughs> 10 out of 10 but that that wasn't reasonable right? right um right so you know it's 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 a great deal um for the canucks it's a it's a good deal for besser happy happy uh we only have 40 minutes left with you so i think we got to move on Okay. Past Brock Besser. Uh, Ready. <laughs> topic number two, three, and four. Jack Rathbone, Will Lockwood, Noah Juleson, uh, all re-signed. Rathbone, I think, was the only two-year out of this bunch, if I yep. remember correctly. Basically, no money on that deal, like a million bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all it's all under the amount that you can send to the AHL with no cap hit. So this really, salary cap-wise, has no effect on the team uh, other than, you know, I, I'm, I mean, obviously we're, we're happy that Rathbone sticks around. He could be a real, you know, solid defender, uh, yep. at least on the offensive end. Will Lockwood impressed both of us in camp uh, and has had uh, little hints here and there. And Noah Juleson is just going to be a depth guy. But um, any, uh, any thoughts on these ones? Yeah, Rathbone, he's uh, two-year one-way and Lockwood and Juleson are one-year two-way, correct? Does I think so, right? yeah. Okay. The, the, yeah, obviously the biggest one of these three is Jack Rathbone. He played in all seven preseason games last season. Looked like he was going to make the team. Then after nine or ten, they said, no, it makes sense for you to get more reps down mm-hmm. in Abbotsford. And he played well, got injured, but played well. 
And I fully expect him to be part of our top six, of course, on the third pairing behind uh, Hughes and Oyel. But, you know, I like a Rathbone, and we've talked about this, I like a Rathbone-Dermot pairing uh, underneath the top four for a, a third pairing. So um, I think he's going to give me every chance to, to make it out of, you know, on the team, out of training camp for sure. I, I like all three of these contracts. If they're all under whatever, 800, 900 grand, that's what you need to do, right? Yeah. And the thing yeah. about Rathbone getting the one way is that's just a good, it's just, it's a great salary bump if you think about it, right? Yeah. Um, cause he was making in the minors probably like 70 K a year. I think the entry level deal is like, it's, it's low. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he gets his salary, no matter whether he's in the minors or the NHL doesn't affect the salary cap, but it means that if he's in the minors and he's making whatever it is, 900 K or something along those lines, yeah. um, he still makes that money in the AHL, uh, which is yeah. great. Uh, good for him. Nice little, uh, nice little pay increase. Absolutely. Lockwood will battle for a 12th, 13th forward spot, right? Depending on what happens with guys like Chase on and stuff. But he'll be battling for, for an opening night spot. And then I think uh, you'd agree with me that Juleson is a depth signing for... He'll be like a number eight, number nine behind the Brady keepers of the world for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. That's all of the signings. But there was one non-re-signing, and that's Nick Patan. Uh, very quick one here. It basically came out that the Canucks are not going to be bringing back Nick Patan. Nick Patan, your your stereotypical perfect, <laughs> too good for the AHL, not good enough for the NHL. Yeah. Um, sort of like you know Reed Boucher back in the day when when we called him a professional hockey player, uh, or at least what <laughs> the Halford and Bruff show did. Um, so he's he's 27. He put up good numbers, over a point per game in Abbotsford, but his 18 games in Vancouver, just two assists. Um, so one of those pieces where you're probably going to have to be paying, you know, 800,000 real dollars on like a one-way deal for a player like that to have in your AHL system. Um, but it doesn't have much benefit on the NHL side. I agree with you. And it's, uh, do you remember at the end of preseason last year, we went to that, that one of the practices out in Abbotsford, we both talked about how good and fast Patan looked and how slow and not good Chason looked. And I remember we were both projecting oh Patan has a chance to make you know the bottom six or a fourth line and it was Alex Chason that made the team out of training camp uh, a preseason I should say as opposed to Nick Patan so local guy would be a feel, feel good story but he's simply you're exactly what you said he's like that tweener where he's not just like Justin Bailey he's not effective at the NHL level for whatever reason yeah and it's a yeah. t- it's a big jump right the AHL yeah, and the NHL yeah. is you're going you're going from playing with guys like you know Sheldon Rempel to guys like Connor McDavid right that's a <laughs> that's a that's a bit of a flip right Martin yeah. Furk to name your pick right yeah um it's uh you know it's a tough jump um and, and these are guys that you can go find elsewhere the guys that can yeah. put up a point a game in the AHL and uh be decent guys in uh, on your NHL depth that I'm you know not a big yeah. deal but just wanted yeah. to uh, throw that in there. Go next, yeah. coaches. Yeah, I, actually, else? before we do coaches, yeah, there's yeah. also uh, another one. You might not have a banner, but uh, Brad Hunt also like likely to move on as well. Mm. Yeah, he's a, he's a UFA. He only made eight hundred grand, but he, uh, yeah, especially if, if Jack Rathbone is coming up and um, Kyle Burrows, not Brady Keeper, I meant to say Kyle Burrows is still under contract for another year. So including Pullman, that's already eight contracted defenseman i think brad hunt saw the writing on the wall quite frankly yeah and kyle burrows sort of pushed him out at this point right like like brad hunt was that seventh guy um last year and that's why basically jack rathbone didn't make the team uh and now they have a new seventh guy 
because Kyle Burrows impressed so much last year that you know just it's a it's a it's a hole that doesn't need to be filled at this point. Yep. Yeah, Hunt's um, older, Kyle's, uh, Burrow's younger, and uh, yeah, uh, Hunt's good enough where he'll he'll find another job. But that's kind of the way he is. Uh, another local guy, just like Patan uh, from Maple Ridge, but um, he'll find a one-year uh, deal somewhere and he'll be just fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, a bunch of coaching news came out. I think also on Thursday on, or was it Friday? Can- it was Canada Day. This all happened Canada Day. It was Friday. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is well, the worst time for it to have happened. Um, but the Canucks made a bunch of coaching moves, um, including hiring uh, Mike Yo, promoting Trent Cull to be assistant coaches, which means Brad Shaw out the door, uh, I guess, to Philadelphia was the rumor uh, that he's yeah. going to be joining John Tortorella's squad there. Yes, that's correct. Uh, he's going to go there in a, as an associate coach. And uh, I really wanted to see what Bradshaw could do. We know, unfortunately, Scott Walker got hit by that puck. Then Bradshaw came down and took over the penalty kill. And it started to get a little bit better. It wasn't like amazing, but it got a little better. I love Shaw, the way how articulate he is in interviews and things. He seems like a really good hockey mind, but uh, but good on the Canucks for at least allowing him, I guess, to I don't know if they allowed him or if he just got up and left I, I i don't know but yes he, he has, has a, a weird one he has a history with tortorella so um uh good uh, from columbus so i uh, good on him i guess although I, I think he would have been great he was great for this one year here for sure yeah it's it's just tough right because i mean normally you know he's under contract normally those are things that are like okay well it's a promotion we'll let you go interview for that right this wasn't yeah. a promotion it was a lateral move um but uh, he gets moved uh or he moves on anyways so they have a couple of gaps to fill yeah and uh so they fill these gaps the first one from within trent yep. Cole, um who has i i guess we have nothing really because as an assistant coach you have a much different job than as a head coach in the ahl right head yep. coach in the ahl you're trying to win games you might be trying to develop players a little bit you'd hope um yeah. but up here you might be like in charge of the defense or in charge of the penalty kill or the power player things like that so we don't really have much to base this off of, uh, like like how he'll perform. We're, we'd sort of just be guessing here. I can say that I have never had any strong feelings either way about Trent Cole um, because, you know, it's not like we're getting a bunch of prospects coming out of Abbotsford, really, right? Right. Um, uh, or Utica previously, um, which is sort of the only metric I've cared about. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they had a bit of playoff success, but not a ton. Um so what are your thoughts on Trent Cole? Yeah, on one, uh, kind of your, like yours, Parker, on one hand, we don't hear a lot about, um, yeah, superstars, prospects, uh, not superstars, but prospects coming up. We don't hear of this big push. Sure, a Nick Batan, a Sheldon Dries, a Sheldon Rempel, they come up and they, they do fine. But they're, they're, aside from Spencer Martin, really no one came from Abbotsford and really wild on the, so is that on Cole? Is that on the whole system? But then on the other hand, Obviously, he did a pretty good job with at least Abbotsford last season, getting into the playoffs, that doing that late uh, season surge. So I, I wonder if this was a thing where they they I'm not sure if they brought up Call first and they wanted to bring Colleton in, who I know we're going to talk about, or if it's the other way around, they brought Colleton in, but they didn't want him with the big club, so they moved. Call. It doesn't matter. Um, I just think Call's a little bit nondescript. He's kind of reminded me of Travis Green a little bit, actually. He's kind of nondescript, not too flamboyant, not so gregarious like Boudreaux. But we'll see. Uh, I know we'll, we can talk about roles in a second after we talk about Mike Yo, but um, uh, I'm interested to see what he does. And at least he knows players like Lockwood, like Martin, like Rathbone, because he's worked with them, obviously, in the minor league. 
Yeah. Uh, again, yeah. You, you mentioned nondescript. I'm sort of in the same boat. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't tell you what he sounds like. Uh, yeah. I think I've heard probably two interviews with him, but I I didn't care that much, right? They were like AHL interviews from, you know, the middle of the season last year. Um, it's just, you know, not not too worried about it. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, yep. I, I'm sure. Uh, and then I guess we'll go to Mike Yo, and then we'll talk about the roles, like you said. Perfect. So Mike, Perfect. Mike Yo, um, sort of a, uh, the, the Canucks sort of went with two failed head coaches here um, for a couple of these roles, right? You have... You have Mike Yo, who coached in uh, Minnesota for a mm-hmm. handful of years. I didn't realize all the way. I thought this was more recent, but it was back like 2011 to 2016. Yeah. Uh, he coached the Minnesota Wild. Um, they made the playoffs a couple of times there. Didn't do too much. They're Minnesota. They never really have. Yeah. Uh, then he took over in St. Louis before he was fired. And then Craig Berube was brought in. They won Stanley Cup. Uh, mm-hmm. And then this last year uh, worked with Philadelphia um i guess was he just the interim in philadelphia over right. the last year and then uh excuse me but now uh he i guess no one's really knocking at the door for him uh we have guys like rick bonus getting jobs uh in winnipeg we've got uh barry trot saying he doesn't want to work uh, another year and then mike yo sort of left uh on the sideline here and the canucks bring him in um basically just as an uh, as an assistant coach where uh, maybe he'll be a bit more successful you know, I like Mike Yo. I, I think I like him a lot more than the the average. Um, I've heard. Have you heard any of his interviews since he's been here? It's it's pretty funny. No. How how Bruff asked him about his meltdown in twenty January twenty fifteen in Minnesota when he was when he stopped practice and he was chucking sticks on. I, many of our viewers may recognize that. And he basically joked around saying he kind of had it premeditated that he had to do something to wake up his team. But then his his assistant coaches at the time were kind of egging him on to like do more, do more, yell more, sh- scream more. So it, it was, he can laugh about it now. He's been in Minnesota. He's been in St. Louis. He's been in Philly, as you said, three actually really good hockey markets. So he knows his stuff. Yeah, he hasn't lasted anywhere, but you could say that about a lot of guys. I'm actually excited about this hire, and he has history with – who does he have history with? Um, oh, Boudreaux. Boudreaux took over from him, right, in, in mm. Minnesota, I think. Um, that and that's how right. got, yeah, and I think that's how they got to know one another. So, um, I, I'm fine with this hire. I really am. I really yeah, am. I'm in the same yeah. boat again. It, you're, you're taking someone who sure didn't do a great job in this hire role. You're yeah. getting a little less responsibility, something that he's done in the past and, you know, should be, uh, maybe just a better fit for him. Right. Some guys aren't cut out to be head coaches, right? Mm. Some people are, are great assistants and then, you know, they, they go to the next level and they're not able to, to get it done. Uh, so hopefully we see some success there. So the roles of these two guys, I'm completely unaware. This is all you. Uh, okay. Do well, we know and, yet? yeah, and it's just speculation. Cause don't forget. Uh, so this is Thomas Grant speculation, but Mike Yo was actually quick to not shut it down, but he basically said, we're still going to talk about it. All the coaches are going to meet in, in Montreal preparing for the draft. So Jason King, someone mentioned is still here. Don't forget about him. So Jason King will continue to run the power play and the offense then Trent Call will basically take over from Brad Shaw, who took over from Scott Walker. So Trent Call will run the defense and the penalty kill. This is, again, speculation. And then Mike Yo will be what Brad Shaw came in as, as a general specialist. And what, or, I mean, a generalist, I should say. And Mike Yo even said on his one interview that I heard that it might be motivating a guy. It might be sitting a guy down here. It might be reviewing this. So um, if you picture uh, under Boudreaux, King doing the offense and the power play, 
Cole doing the defense and the penalty kill, and then really Mike Yo being a, a jack of all trades. That's the way I think the four coaches may line up. At least that's what Thomas Strand speculates. Sounds good to me. Again, it's one of those <laughs> things where they'll figure it out, right? The, yeah, yeah. And we'll we'll see, right? We'll see in preseason. We'll see in the first two weeks of the season how things are going, right? Is there a guy designated to the power play or the penalty kill, and we see what we saw last year of a seventy percent tops? Uh, man, I hope not. Um, but you know, anything's possible, uh, yeah. at this point. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it goes well. Um, again, as long as they're picking guys that they're comfortable with this whole sort of management group, I'm, I'm feeling pretty comfortable about so far, yeah. no real qualms. So uh, I'm going to keep trusting them until something goes wrong. I'm with you. I'm with you. They're really good at not leaking anything like these coaches, uh, Brock Besser contract. They're really good about, uh, yeah, about keeping a tight ship so far. Yeah. Um, let's go to the next coach. This yeah. time to replace Trent Call in Abbotsford. And they go with Jeremy Colleton. Now, mm -hmm. this is a name that if you haven't, you know, I mean, the, the Blackhawks were basically irrelevant for a little while there, right? Um, so if you haven't been paying too much attention to, like, you might have never, you literally might have never heard this guy's name if you aren't, like, super involved in, you know, paying attention to the NHL, right? Um, head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks for three years, um, 2018, 19, 19, um, they were unsuccessful and he got fired is basically yeah. the, the main story before that. He was the, uh, the head coach in Rockford, their AHL affiliate, which is basically the role he is now filling here. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he was pretty successful there. He basically coached one season. They got knocked out in the conference final in the AHL. And then in the next season, he coached 12 games before getting called up to the big club. So okay. not a super lengthy uh, coaching record. The guy's 37 years old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he was playing in the Swedish league as recent as 2013, 2014. Um, played six games or seven games at the World Juniors in 2004, 2005. Uh, you might notice his name from there. Probably not. He had zero points. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, my first thought is, they picked up a guy who is pretty, you know, pretty young in the coaching scene. Uh, had got sort of thrown into the fire with Chicago, a team that was yes. on the decline anyways, pretty heavily. Um, and they're they're putting him in the AHL role, which he's already had a bit of success in, uh, which yeah. to me is, you know, a, a pretty easy. Uh, it, it's pretty it's a pretty reasonable bet to take. Excellent, excellent point, Parker, about the tough. He wasn't put into a favorable situation in Chicago. And a lot of people look at Colton's record and say, oh, man, he only lasted three years. But I think the context is very important. That's a team that they're trying to figure out, are, do Taves and Kane still and Keith still know how to play, right? Bringing up guys like Debrinkat uh, who are, are coming in the league. But they were a mess. Then all that Kyle Beach stuff happens off, you know, off the ice. And that's not Colton's problem. Uh, but he's dealing with all the distraction and the firestorm. So I'm willing to give him a shot for sure. And I'm excited to see what he can do. And I just think he was in a very tough situation in Chicago, as you alluded to. Yeah, it was his first real head coaching gig. And maybe he didn't do great at it. That's fine. Yeah. Um, put him in the AHL where you can develop more. And um, who knows if this is maybe some sort of, you know, coach grooming in the future or something. Who knows, right? Mm -hmm. Just sort of spitballing here. But um, yeah. good to get you know, young, smart people in the organization. Uh, if, if they think that he has a future one day, um, yeah. you know, good to have these guys around, uh, cause easier to keep them around than find new ones. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, for sure. For sure. All right. 
that's coaches. Any other thoughts on coaches? Yeah, one funny thing. So the Canucks uh, put out this release where they talk about Boudreaux. They say thank you to uh, they th- say thank you to Shaw. They talk about Call Yo. Uh, they and then they name the Abbotsford guys too, right? Including Jason Col- uh, uh, Jeremy Colton. And then they say goaltending development coach Curtis Sanford. And then like a day later, it comes out that he's leaving the Canucks to go work for the Toronto Maple Leafs and Marley's organization. But yeah. now the now now Abbotsford needs a new goaltending coach, which is which they do. Find. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they'll figure something out. Um, yeah. All right, do we want to go on to? We, we, you have twenty minutes left. I have thirty minutes left. Um, we have we have so there, <laughs> there's there's Tyler Myers, JT Miller, and then the draft itself. Okay. Uh, I we're barely going to get to the draft itself, I think, at this point, but uh, because these two names sort of revolve around the draft, and obviously the main one's JT Miller, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I think we we've talked about JT Miller a lot, and people can talk about how like ah oh, nothing's happened in all this time we talked about it. Why is something going to happen now? Because this is what the clock was ticking towards, right? When when we were at the trade deadline, uh, whatever it was in February or March. Um, we said the Canucks don't have to trade Miller today because they really have until the draft if they want to, like, then they can still get maximum value. Yeah. Uh, Or trade deadline this year, but that's, you know, less value most likely. Yeah, and more Um, risky. Yes. More risky, you know, could be injury, could be any number of, he could underperform this year, right? He could could be a half a point per game by the time the trade deadline comes around, (laughs) and now he's worth maybe one first round, like a mid to late first round pick. Um, so if you want to get something for JT Miller or extend him, your leverage runs out basically after the first or halfway through the first round on Thursday. So in my mind, yep. I mean, in reality, there's two options, right? You need some sort of, you, you need some sort of security here and there's two options. One is you lock him up Mm -hmm. in my mind probably the riskier of the two options the other option is you make a move you trade them get as many assets as you can because some of the rumors swirling are pretty excessive in terms of assets (laughs) and uh and then maybe you can sort of build around that over the next couple of years yeah, let, let's talk. Uh, uh, let's break it down into timing and then assets because I think you laid out well. By the way, there's 120 people in here. Maybe we should do Tuesday. Okay, no, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay, maybe it's the topics. Maybe it's the topics. It's the thumbnail, the new thumbnail I put together. That it was, was it. very good. And memberships, all those things. Um, okay, you are so right because his trade value is at its peak right now because there's potentially 31 teams. Obviously, it's not, but 31 teams potentially interested in him you wait till the trade deadline at the end of this upcoming season it's only gonna be the four or six contenders that have money the longer we go free agency other trades money is gonna get used up by teams and they're gonna have less available money to think about extending jt miller and, and the connection yeah, i do want to say a great example of that yep new jersey new jersey is yes. a name that's been floated around do you think at the trade deadline this year new jersey's interested in a guy on an expiring <laughs> contract for a playoff rental when they're not going to be in the playoff chase no yes they're not continue great no great example and then the other thought is um it, i was saying about the dra- uh, free agency da 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 lose money oh i can't remember now but that, Sorry, that's a good yeah, point no don't, don't worry that's a, that's a very good point so the timing is he's most valuable oh here it is here it is um you also, the Canucks would rather, should deal with a team 
that's willing to extend uh, to work on an extension with JT Miller right away because your value is going to be so much higher than if you trade them to a team who's only going to use them as a one-year rental. That, 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 that drops the value too. So all to say the timing is great now. The timing is hot now. Now we've heard uh, from other people, Rangers, New Jersey, as you mentioned, Capitals, all Eastern-based U.S. teams, which is no surprise considering that's probably JT Miller's desire too if he has any say in it. Yeah, it's uh, the 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 rumors are swirling so much, and we get to the point where the main people throwing things out are guy are the are the big dogs, right? Elliot Friedman, mm-hmm. for example, yep. um, basically saying, you know, this was today. They would like to keep him, but they are worried about term, which they should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it is mm-hmm. much more likely they move him. That word much says a lot right that more likely they move him is 55 45 much more likely to me gets us to like 75 25 uh which i think is is uh, is very important he said the ball is in vancouver's court uh we've had return rumors saying it should be more than fiala which yeah it should be in my mind i you know he's had a higher peak than fiala at the very least um and it's probably more useful to a playoff team where kevin fiala has had no playoff success whatsoever Mm -hmm. uh, in his you know handful of of playoff games um you have kevin weeks basically saying that um he's he's very there's a lot of interest on the trade market um it's uh i don't even know what to say there's just so many possibilities that are all basically going to culminate in the next 40 hours right 42 hours from now we should have some sort of closure. Otherwise, you know, they're going to run out of time, basically. Yeah, and your great point. Weeks, Sarah Valley, Friedman, these guys, they usually, yeah, even though they're not as local as, say, a Dollywall, they are still very connected, and they talk to a lot of people, too, nationally. So where there's smoke, where there's, there, there's fire, usually. So I'm excited. I'm intrigued. I'm not scared. I have full confidence, Parker, in this new management. I really do. And we know they have no loyalty to any of these guys because – Aside from Dermot, they didn't sign or bring in any of them. Yeah, and to sort of throw another big name on there, Darren Drager was on Sakaris uh. Place last week saying he thinks Vancouver is going to get an offer for JT Miller that they can't refuse. Yeah. Yes, please. Let's get some offers we can't refuse. How many picks you want to throw in there? Some high-level prospects, right? Yeah. You you have New Jersey floating around, and to me, this makes no sense, right? And I don't know where this comes from, um, but I think they, they were talking about it on, I think, the People's Show yesterday. And they had some sort of insider on, I think it was Sarah Valley, uh, who came on and, and mentioned New Jersey by name. Again, I don't know why New Jersey's involved, but that second overall pick is floating around and saying, hey, like this, you know, if we're talking about yeah. New Jersey, that's their biggest asset right now. Uh, that, like Jesper Bratt, uh, again, if yep. you get either of those pieces, I think you're, you're laughing at that point. Um, yeah. Exactly. But I mean, you know, it could also end up being, you know, all right, they got the fifth or the eighth overall pick for him and that's it. Right. Like who knows <laughs> at this point there, the, the market is going to be crazy and volatile. And especially if, if it ends up being only one or two teams interested uh, on draft day, then that price could drop dramatically. Maybe they're stuck holding on to him until the trade deadline and trying to move him. Yeah. Then we, we just don't know. Um, yeah. But it's, yes. uh, it's going to be crazy. Between his awesome contract that he's obviously outperforming, his uh, the year he came off of, his age, um, all these things, everything points to the logical decision would be to try to trade him now at the draft. And for everything we talked about, Parker, risk of injury, risk of a down year, get uh, less suitors, 
it, it gets worse. His value will go down uh, as the as the days go on. Yeah, this is the peak. They yep. always say, you know, you know, sell at the peak, buy high or buy low, sell high. Don't buy high, sell low. That's <laughs> you, that's, don't do that. That's the one you don't want to do. Don't do that. Uh, but yeah, if you if you have this guy who you went out, you got for what seemed like a bit of an overpay at the time, based on his history, ends up completely outperforming his contract, uh, outperforming what you paid for him, outperforming anything, uh, everything. And now you have a chance to flip it and take mm -hmm. and just make a heist, basically on something that you know is going to depreciate yeah why wouldn't you take it like it's, yep. it's that that is how you build a contender you get value from different places right you you turn mm. everyone gets the same seven draft picks every year everyone has the same <laughs> calorie salary cap to spend on free agents everyone gets the same amount of things and it's whoever gets the most out of those things the most value that can yeah. create these contending teams, right? You look at Colorado and the amount of value that they put together with guys like Kale McCarr and Bowen Byram and Nathan McKinnon, all these guys that, you know, every team had the chance to get guys like this, but you create that value and you, you maximize your returns to be able to throw together a roster that can win a Stanley cup eventually, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everything. And I love your, I love your banner, by the way, the rumor Miller. Very good. Very good. I was feeling creative today. What do you have for the next guy? Oh man! Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, you got something! I can, you got that smirk. Well, I had, I had, uh, I had Tyler Myers on the block, and then I was like, oh no, what's about Tyler Myers? The neck. So his neck is on the chopping block, I guess. Uh, it's a little graphic and and dark, uh, but that's, Boy, the, that's all I could think of in the three seconds. Um, okay. Very good. So Tyler Myers' name is floating around. Um, yeah. basically saying that the Canucks, uh, quote, have a price. I don't remember who said this. Uh, I can find it very quick. Um, basically that the Canucks have a price. Uh, this is Elliot Friedman, again, another big yeah. name earlier today. Vancouver has a price. If you are willing to pay that, they will talk to you. David Pagnotta, the fourth period, says, expect to hear the name of Canucks right defenseman Tyler Myers a little more over the next couple of weeks. His full no trade turns into a 10-team no trade. Uh, at the start of free agency, told oh. Vancouver's open to moving him for the right deal. He has two years left at $6 million. What say you? I was surprised when people were first starting to mention his name, Parker, at this, uh, maybe at the end of this past season. But now it's starting to make a little more sense, especially if you somehow move him somehow, and obviously you got to take some money back, but not $6 million back. Then with the money you save on the Kuzmenko signing and trading Myers, you could actually go after one or two, at least one big fish in the in the pond free agency if that's what they want to do. I know um, you like Philip Forsberg. I do, and I know he's so expensive. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> but I'll be happy. I'll be happy. So yeah, if they if they're at least listening, they should be. They should be listening to offers on Myers, on Dickinson, on Pearson, on Pullman. Although he might be tough to move. Anyone that's kind of Myers is a lot, but in that mid range for sure, you got to do it. You absolutely have to do it. Yeah, and it's it's crazy to me because I remember the day that Tyler Myers contract got signed. Uh, yeah, I was I was driving home. I was on the Coquihalla because uh, it was it was Canada. It was started free agency, and the rumors were all like six years, seven million dollars a piece or something like that. It ended up being like five times six, uh, quite a bit lower. Right. Um, and day one wasn't a good contract, right? And, and everyone sort of knew it, except you know, big tall defenseman got to give him lots of money. Um, <laughs> the Canucks now have a chance to 
get something for that. And and again, yes. I would have said I would have said at any point in the last three years, if the Canucks can get nothing for Tyler Myers, you take it. Mm -hmm. um, well, now if you can get something for Tyler Myers. You definitely take it, right? Sure, you have to go yeah. replace him, right? And that's not going to be easy. Tyler Myers played what twenty minutes a night, twenty-one minutes a night last year. Yep. Um, he's a he's a great minute muncher, and honestly, he was remarkably decent last year. Like he actually was good. He was an asset to the team. But can you do more with that money? Probably. And I think you know, in a salary cap league, you have to try. Mm -hmm. Yes, the, I, 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 for me, it, Parker goes back to that point about loyalty. Is um, Rutherford and Alvin don't have, don't need to have any loyalty to any of these players because these are all players that they inherited. So uh, then you can quickly, if, even if you don't like the UFAs on the right side on on D that are out there right now, moving one piece out speeds it up a little bit. So we shall see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if they can, but yeah, that that no trade going away, basically going on to ten teams is is big. Yep. Um, yeah, so hopefully, you know, hopefully something gets done there uh, right at the start of free agency. And then, yeah, you have that money to go and, and you know, go fishing for some some bigger uh, free agents. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I had one more Canucks note, just Mikey DiPietro, that he might be done as a Canuck. Some yeah. rumors flying around there. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, a little bit disappointing if it's true, but if the Canucks, and we've talked about this too, they've got to bring in a, a third goaltender to compete um even to give martin a bit of a push for the backup spot yeah that doesn't leave di pietro in really really good standing he didn't develop a lot last year he showed some promise when he got drafted uh, international play so it'll kind of be sad um if he does move on but i'm not sure how big of a loss it is quite frankly yeah it's one of those things where i think it is kind of it's kind of disappointing right he yeah was, he was pegged as yeah he's smaller and you know, but he's got all the athleticism. He's got everything it's going to take to maybe make the NHL and be a, a really, you know, maybe a goal, a, a goal to another future. And it, goalies later in the draft are lottery tickets, basically, right? Mm -hmm. Some of them work out and you end up with Jake Ottinger. Sometimes they don't. And you end up with, uh, name, take your pick, basically. Um, you know, Eddie Lack, who was better than that, but still. Um, so yeah. if the Canucks think that, you know, they're he's he's not going to be an nhl or then you know there's no point really keeping around right you have you you have your two in the nhl this year right you're gonna have demko and martin um getting the starts this year you have Seelovs in the ahl yeah. pipeline um gonna get the majority of the starts most likely and then who is the other one there's another one i'm going i'm blanking uh no isn't that right did Don't they have, I thought they had another AHL goalie lined up. Uh, I could be completely okay. wrong, though. Either okay. way. Um, yeah, either way, though, there, he, he wouldn't be playing many games, right? He'd be splitting starts at best, um, getting a quarter of the starts at worst. Yeah. Um, and there's just no – that's not good for anybody, right? Not good for Di Pietro. It's not good for the Canucks. Um, so it would just kind of make sense at this point, which is uh, unfortunate. Yep, a lot different if there's no Spencer Martin in the picture, but there is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's our Canucks news. 43 right. minutes. Clay has to leave in less than seven. Let's start so talking let's, about it. Let's talk about the draft. Yeah. Uh, NHL draft Thursday, 4 p.m. Your Vancouver Canucks pick 15th overall. Not first, not second. They might pick second, but not right now. Right now they are uh, locked in at uh, 15th overall. Lots of names that I don't really know as of yet. 
Uh, I've got the consolidated board in front of me. Okay. Uh, honestly, to me, the most interesting part is the top three in this draft. And I think yeah. it's just because how much of a mess it is. Uh, it's all between three guys. Some people have Shane Wright first. Some have Cooley first. Some have Slavkovsky first. Um, yep. And it's just sort of a mess all the way around. Uh, and then at 15, that, that's the thing. This thing could shake up so many different ways, right? Mm -hmm. um, every single mock draft you look at will have the Canucks taking someone different. When we went into the draft last yeah. year and the Canucks had ninth overall, yeah. we were looking at guys like Kent Johnson, Dylan Genther, uh, yeah. a handful of names just seeing but we who can would drop. But we can nail it. Yeah, we can narrow it down at least. Yes. Last yeah, year. the thing is at 15 your options double basically right because yep. someone who is in the top 10 in this list will probably be there right yeah usually something like that happens uh because someone who's ranked 24th Yasperi Kakanyami will go in the top 10 and everyone will be confused and and everyone's boards are going to be shaken up so it's really tough to think you know who should the Canucks be going after and I don't really have much put together on that right now. I'm going to try to have something for that tomorrow on my stream. <laughs> um, but for right now, I mean, I've got, are there any names that, that you're looking at? Well, uh, definitely. Uh, and uh, everyone knows that followed this show or my own stuff that I, I'm not the biggest prospects guy. I do learn about them when it gets closer to the draft, which is on, on Thursday. But I do know uh, two things. Number one, I agree with you, Parker, because of where the Canucks pick at 15, not at nine, not at five, not at three. Yes, every single mock draft has a different guy <laughs> pegged at 15, for sure, and because you're, you're just spitballing. So the second thing, though, I will say is I see a lot of talk about centers, for sure. I see, you know, a lot of people, and it came up in there, Brad Lambert, who plays in, in Finland. I see Connor Geeky, who plays in Winnipeg. I know that name. Frank Nazar from the U.S. development team. So I've heard of all these centers' names. Then I'm starting to hear more of these, like, Swedish forwards, too. I can't pronounce any of their names. Um, obviously you're right. The, the top three are going to go. Then the two big right shot defensemen are going to go. But yeah, uh, I think this, I think if, if you have three guys that you, you want at 15 and two of them are still left when it comes to your pick, you could entertain an offer to trade down and gain another pick somewhere. Why not? Even if you drop five spots, you still might get your guy and you get another pick somewhere. That's something I think the connection should look at. I really do. Definitely. Uh, I also think they should be open to moving up. <laughs> ah, I think they should ah. be flexible. If you have, if your guy, if you've yep. got a guy that you have penciled in and you think he's going to drop to you, but you know, words are swirling around, he might go 11 or 12 mm -hmm. uh, and, and you want to move up a few picks. I, I think they should be willing to be aggressive. Yep. Um, here's the thing I'm looking, I have seven different references open yep. with lists. So I have the Habs blog, Eyes on the Prize, which basically takes all of them and consolidates them with the ranking system. Yep. I've got three from TSN. I have Craig's list. I have Craig's mock draft. And I have uh, Bob McKenzie's list. I've got the Sportsnet Sam Cosentino list. Yep. The, uh, the Corey Promen list from The Athletic. And I've got the uh, Dauber Prospects list as well. Yep. Every single one. I scroll down to 15. None of them are the same. Different guy. Yeah. So the overall rankings, you have Marco Casper, a six foot one centerman uh, from the Swedish league. Mm -hmm. uh, in Craigslist, you have Ivan Mirschnichenko, a yeah. uh, in the uh, playing for Omsk in the VHL. 
uh, who, you know, did fine. Left winger. Yep. Uh, Craig Button's mock draft. They have Owen Pickering, the big defenseman, which is scary to me. Big defensemen scare me. Uh, <laughs> his, their, their size gets overrated a little bit. Uh, yep. McKenzie's ranking. Frank Nazar, who you mentioned, uh, the mm -hmm. centerman uh, on the U18 uh, USA national team. Yep. Um, Corey Pronman, Daniela Yurov, a right winger wow. from Russia. Uh, who put up 36 points uh, last year, I guess, in the Russian second league, if I had to guess. Um, and then on the prominent list, you have Leon Bichel, a big defenseman, six foot five from Sweden, 216 yep. pounds, who has b below average hockey sense, but high compete and good and average skating and puck skills and is comparable to Keandre Miller. Uh, and then you go to Dauber Prospects, and you have a 6'2 defenseman from Seattle in the WHL, Kevin Korchinski, who I've never heard of, yeah, uh, yeah. who's a left-shot defenseman. It's just like, who knows? There's so <laughs> many names, and I've never heard any of them until the last week, uh, except... I have heard Mirosnichenko because I've been playing NHL and he and he's okay. on my he's on my team, uh, and Owen Pickering I've heard of as well. Right. Um, but I mean, yeah, if you were to take the three above and the three below them, odds yeah. are there's going to be someone else available there that that the Canucks are interested in that aren't one of them as well. Um, so, so, so you have knows? forty hours to basically you're streaming Thursday, not tomorrow, right? Like Thursday, not Wednesday. Tomorrow is my I'm I'm going to just do sort of a Q and A draft. Oh, okay. warm up stream gotcha um, so you I have need less to know than, more things yeah you have less than 24 hours then to do some research i need to find a guest a guest who knows about prospects i think is what i'm figuring out here well obviously i'll not be offended because a i'm not available and b and more importantly you probably you're not anyway, the guy so. i'll be honest <laughs> neither of us are the guy here we're good hosts we don't yeah. have the knowledge in this case um so we'll uh, we'll figure something out and speaking uh, of the guy i'm gonna turn it over to you now parker to take take this home um yeah all right thank you very much clay have a good night see you later i'll see you soon we'll talk soon okay thanks, sounds man. good bye, bye. <laughs> all right and then there was one it's just me now uh the whole weight of canucks after dark on my shoulders clay had to run uh at exactly 10 50. Uh, like I was saying, I, I, the, the whole prospects thing, I, I know some of these names. I know the name Brad Lambert, and I know that lots of people are very wary about him um, based on the fact that he sort of underachieved this year being one of those guys who dropped throughout the year in the rankings. And there's all these other names that, you know, that I have heard, like Mirosnichenko or Owen Pickering, that, again, I'm a little scared of. Um, so for me, I really like these sort of consolidated rankings, and I like to look at those, but... For right now, there's 150 of you guys in here. I want to take some of your comments uh, over the next 10 minutes or so. And as I wait for some of those to pile in, uh, I want to talk about the, the week we have ahead, uh, just content-related-wise. Uh, obviously, this is Canucks After Dark, Tuesday night this week. It's normally on Monday nights. We'll, we'll see with next week. Just make sure you're subscribed. Hit the bell. Do all that good stuff for it. Um, I'm going to be streaming tomorrow as well on my personal channel, Parker Spucks. It's linked down below. Um, doing sort of a Q&A draft preview type of thing. I'll do some research before that one. Don't worry. Um, Thursday, 4 p.m. is the draft. I'll be doing a live uh, sort of watch-along update stream. On my end, we had about 4,000 people there last year. It was fantastic. Uh, I guess 4,000 total views. I think like 600 people live. So make sure you, uh, you tune in for that. And then Thursday night at 10 p.m., Clay will be doing a stream on his channel where he talks about the draft, his thoughts, you know, maybe a JT Miller trade if something like that were to happen. Um, which would be pretty exciting. 
Uh, but but who knows at this point? So let's take some of your questions. Normally, I get to rely on Clay a bit to filter out and take some of the questions for me while I talk and not read chat. Um, but let's see uh, if we can uh, if we can pick something up and. And I'm going to start with Andrew here. Um, Andrew, good to see you here. Uh, since we don't have a second rounder, he believes that the Canucks will draft a high-risk, high-reward prospect, and he's thinking between Lambert and Miroshnichenko. Now, yeah, he's correct. Uh, the Canucks do not have a second-round pick. It was included in that trade last year for Oliver ekman Larson and Connor Garland. They would have been around the 47 mark, I would think, um, because they, uh, they did trade that first round pick and then a second round pick this year and then next year's seventh, which is so inconsequential. Um, you have to wonder if they're going to try to move back into the second round. And this is something that you've, you sort of hear where it's like, oh, the Canucks don't have a pick in the second round. Do they try to maybe drop a few picks, pick up a second rounder, or maybe make some sort of trade, maybe a Tyler Myers trade, although his uh, no trade clause is still kicked in. Uh, maybe they try to do something to get a second round pick back. I never really like that you know, style of thinking, because what's so special about the second round, right? You could pick up another third, you could pick up another first if you can. Um, so in those cases, you know, uh, it would be nice to have a second round pick. Andrew's saying that you think they'll go high risk, high reward with them not having a second round pick. Um, I think you should always kind of go high risk, high reward, especially at 15, right? If you're at three, don't go shooting for Yasperi Kotkaniemi or Barrett Hayton. Um, you know, maybe, maybe follow the path that everyone else is taking a little bit. Cause, cause if you're the one guy who's thinking off the, uh, off the board a little bit, you might be wrong in those cases. But if you're down at 15, everyone's board's going to vary. I mean, I just listed off seven different sources that all had different names at 15 and the names around them were pretty different too. Um, so at this point, you know, you're, you're sort of just, you're, you're trying to get lucky. And if you can pick someone up who can, uh, you know, if you're trying to pick someone up who's going to be a real player, um, then yeah, go high risk. Don't pick the guy who's going to end up being a third liner, uh, you know, a solid death piece, because you can just go get those guys for free in free agency for a million and a half bucks uh, a couple years down the line if you need to. Uh, all right, let's see what else we've got here. I'm going to scroll up a little bit. Uh, thank you to all our members, by the way. When we get to 11 o'clock, I will uh, I will thank some of you guys. Fangirl's asking what time I'm streaming tomorrow. I have it planned for 8 o'clock was my idea, 8 o'clock Pacific. Again, make sure you subscribe, though. You'll see it pop up and because uh, uh, it seemed like a pretty good time. Um, Sharm says, do we go for best player available at 15 or position? I feel like D-men are necessities for us, but I don't know about the talent at that point in the draft. So going best available is probably the plan. First round, I think you got to just go BPA, BPA, BPA. You, you got to take the best player available. Yes, the Canucks need defensemen. However, you think about your average defenseman, especially midway through the first round, these are normally guys that aren't playing this year, right? They might play a year, two, maybe not till three years down the line. This team might have a completely different makeup by then. They might not have a glaring hole on defense. They might actually have, um, you know, they might have a, a decent defensive core, right? Maybe guys like Jack Rathbone step in. Maybe Jet Wu has a big breakout year or something along those lines. Uh, maybe they go out and get a bunch of free agent defensemen, for all we know. Um, you know, it's it, it's easy to say, you know, centers are always good. D-men always have lots of value. But you really should be picking, you know, if it's not best player valuable, uh, best player available, most value available, right? Um, who is going to be the best NHLer 
Uh, and ideally, you know, if you have to go trade him in the future, he's going to have high value. Um, but just a player that has the best shot of making it. Uh, that's really the key. Um, Kai is saying over or under, uh, under or over at one and a half for trades on day one of the draft. Um, I think that's a good place to set it because I think we're looking at, you know, maybe it's 70% chance Miller gets moved. If, uh, sort of that Friedman quote is to be believed. And, and again, they don't have to move him on draft day one, but I think that is when you're, you're going to get the most value. Um, so if you consider that as one and then the possibility of, of moving a pick, I would probably take the under unless they're like moving in late into the first, like trading someone or trying to uh, pick up another pick or two. Um, I don't see them moving up or down for the most part. It's one of those things that's just risky. And in the NHL, it doesn't happen that much, right? In the NFL, it's super common, right? You see guy, you see teams moving up three picks, moving up 10 picks, all this stuff to try to pick up a few extra players. But in the NHL, it's it's not very common. I think we I think there was maybe seven picks moved around in the first round. I was actually looking at my my board from last year uh, when I when I did that draft thing. I still had it all set up in my streaming software. Um, I, I think there was only like seven or so picks moved overall, including the Canucks uh, ninth overall pick. So I think the odds are probably just the one. But who knows? Uh, this does seem like a management group that might get pretty active uh, management group that has basically no leaks seemingly. So we just don't know. It could end up being that they make a ton of moves. It could be that they end up making zero. Um, but, uh, man, Thursday could be a very exciting day. Uh, Pruner, uh, Trevor Pruner says the Yule Levy trade makes me want to go with best player. Or you say draft here. Uh, correcting it. Good job. Uh, say, says go with best player, not based on position. Yeah, position can bite you. It really can, right? Kotkaniemi is a prime example, right? Minnesota, or Minnesota, Montreal has been looking for uh, a number one center forever, right? So they're like, all right, we'll get Emmy and, and that backfired, right? Barrett Hayton, sort of same idea for the Coyotes. They wanted a one center. He's been fine, but, you know, he's not uh, he's not Quinn Hughes, for example. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think you really just have to take best player available. Otherwise, you're going to look really silly down the line. Uh, obviously, there's some exceptions, right? Uh, Moritz Sider for Detroit has been fantastic for them. He's a great defenseman. Um, but, I mean, Steve Eiserman's just built different in those ways. Um, uh, Denver coming with a three-way trade proposal. I, my it's, it's 11 PM. My brain is too fried for three-way trade proposals, but I do appreciate it. Uh, maybe tomorrow, if you want to tune to my stream, might be a better time. Um, uh, Nian says, what do you think about the Russian factor in this upcoming draft? That's an interesting one, uh, because it's, it's not something I think about that much, but it is potentially a way to get some value, you know, and I don't want to get too political, but it's, uh, you know, it, there, there are, there are politics involved, right? You see, uh, Russians that are not able to leave the country. Um, you've historically had issues with Russians, maybe coming into America, coming into the NHL, um, where you see players drop, right? Obviously the big example is Pavel Burry, right? Um, but you do see teams being reluctant to go out and select these Russian players because there is that little bit of risk factor. It also might mean that there's a lot of extra value on the board there, right? You might be getting a guy who's a ninth overall talent dropping down to 15 because teams are a little wary and they can say, we can get a slightly lower tier player and he's going to play for us because he's playing in the USHL, for example, or the WHL. Um, 
But again, I don't think the Canucks should be too, too scared of that. Uh, you said possibility of, of three Russian prospects in the top 15. I'm looking at Craig's list because it's so it's well organized at the very least. Um, I don't see a lot of Russians here, but it also doesn't list their nationalities, just the league they currently play in. Um, I guess it looks like Daniela Yurov, uh, even Mira Shnikchenko. I had it uh, before. Uh, Paravalov is Russian as well, and maybe a couple of others in this list. Um, so who knows? Uh, who knows at this point? Um, all right, what else do we got here? Uh, we'll take one or two more. Um, Clay asks, where did your good-looking co-host go? Oh, he had somewhere to be. Um, I still have this banner up here. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, Andrew says, always BPA. I absolutely agree. Uh, Peter says, do you think it's a bad idea to keep Miller to the trade deadline? Uh, we did completely discuss this. Uh, basically, the the uh, around the 20-minute mark, 25-minute mark. Uh, how, yeah, you, you're risking JT Miller basically ha putting up half a point per game this season until the trade deadline and being worthless at that point. So this is uh, the the only real time to make a move like that is now. Uh, Gary B asks, any favorite four, uh, 15th overall pick? Not yet. I haven't done enough research. Brad Lambert is fantastic in NHL 22, um, but I have not done the research yet. Uh, to be 100% sold on a guy. Here's the thing, though. Tomorrow, I'm going to spend like two or three hours looking at guys, and I'm going to fall in love with a couple, and I'm going to be really sad if we don't pick them. This was me with Quinn Hughes. In the Quinn Hughes draft year, I knew nothing about the prospects until the day before, and I watched Quinn Hughes tape, and I said, please let Quinn Hughes drop to seven, and he did, and I was running in circles uh, in front of my TV. Um, so right now, Brad Lambert, a little bit scary cause he did sort of regress a bit last year and you sort of want to pick guys that are going on the upswing, right? I mean, you look at his stats, uh, you know, last year, 2021, 15 points in 46 games, this previous season, only 10 points in 49 games and then zero in the playoffs. That's the scary part. You want guys who are getting better. Um, it could be a good buy low candidate though. He might fall quite a bit. Who knows, right? He could fall late into the first round. Maybe you can uh, pick up a late pick and get uh, and grab him. Um, you know, looking at the rank rankings, Craig Button has him at 42. Dauber has him at 30. The rest of them are all pretty high up, like 8 by McKean, 16 by Bob McKenzie. Um, you know, pretty high up. But there's, there's going to be some teams that have him in the second round on their list. Um... Uh, King RJ asking if I'm streaming on this channel tomorrow at 8 p.m. No, it'll be my personal channel. Parker's Pucks is linked in the description. Um, and I think we're going to wrap up with that, basically. I do want to thank everyone who uh, who joined in as a member today. Uh, it is really appreciated. Um, it's 99 cents. You don't have to by any means, but I think we had about 10 people, 11 people sign up. Justin Shiraz, BL, Rob, C-Edits, Fangirl, Lucas, Leon, Tomato, Clay, myself, Thank you guys all very much. Uh, I wanted to gift more, but it's not showing up as an option. So next week we will do that. Um, like I said, a big week of content. Obviously my show tomorrow night, Clay's show Thursday night. But the draft stream is going to be the big one on Thursday, 4 p.m. on YouTube.com slash Parker's Pucks. I hope to see you guys all there. While you're still here, make sure you're subscribed to this channel. Hit the bell. Uh, you guys know the deal at this point. You can, If you missed any part of the show, and I know a lot of you did, I can see the trend of people joining over time. There's 150 of you in here. I know most of you missed uh, a good chunk of it. Uh, it's YouTube. You can rewind back to the beginning if you would like. 
Um, or it'll be up on your favorite podcast platform in about 15, 20 minutes. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it is. Just search Canucks After Dark. It's also linked down below. Um, with that, we'll see you next week with Canucks After Dark. I'll see you guys tomorrow and Thursday. Clay, will see you guys Thursday night. I'm sure I'll be tuned into that as well. Have a lovely draft week, folks. It's draft week. It's it's the off season, uh, and things are just going to get spicier from here because we got free agency right after. It's a great time. Uh, weather's nice. Hockey news is happening. Have a good one, and I will see you all later. <laughs>